TFS episode number 120. This is Greg Duncan, and today is going to be something of an experiment. Yes, I am actually truly flying solo today. Paul was supposed to join me, but in the last minute had to work. I hate when that work stuff comes up. Um, we tried to rein in some, or uh, wrangle in some guest hosts like Gordon Beaming or Angela, but they were both busy. Our, our expected, our hoped for uh, interview host or interview guest also wasn't able to make it. So you guys are just kind of stuck with me. But there was a lot of news. We usually would kind of like cancel if there's only the one host. There's a lot of TFS news this week. So we're just going to go. It's just going to be me. Let me know what you think. You can always email us at RadioTFS at Outlook.com or RadioTFS at Gmail.com via Twitter at RadioTFS, voicemail 1425-233-8379. And, and let me know if you hated it, if you loved it. Well, if you hated it, don't tell me because I'll like I'll cry and stuff, but if you liked it, let me know. So let's get on with this. And we'll try to, I'll try to make it fast because nobody can handle me for like 45 minutes. Heck, I can't even handle me for 45 minutes. So the first news, the breaking news that just happened this morning, we're recording this, um, 11 PM Pacific on a Thursday, the 18th is PowerShell is open sourced. Why do you guys care on Radio TFS? Because PowerShell seems to be like the thing that um, builders use. It is so much easier to create. And you've heard this on the show a number of times, how much easier it is to script out all your builds in PowerShell. But the problem with PowerShell has always been it's only Windows only. Well, as of today, Microsoft has released PowerShell to open source, and there are already alpha binaries for Linux uh CentOS, Ubuntu, and on macOS. So you can go it, and it's going to be truly open source. Uh, the shell is even going to be open source. We'll have the links in the show notes here, but from the PowerShell team, there's a section here on how you can get involved, what's cool, the current project status. It, when it even kind of made me laugh. There's a terminology guide. So, you know, when you say PowerShell versus PowerShell, Core versus PowerShell on XYZ versus Windows PowerShell, the PowerShell open source. Yeah, that, that whole PowerShell gallery and the homepage, that's all going to be here. So if we switch over to the GitHub, let's see. I mean, I wonder how kind of fresh this is. Well, as of right now, there was an update to the docs 31 minutes ago. Uh, let's see, two hours ago, the build was being updated. Uh, it, literally, these things are still alive and being changed. Three hours ago, the tools were being tweaked on it. The PowerShell page is, is where you want to go to. You get all the downloads. You can see the builds, uh, the build status, more information on, on uh, contributing and getting the source and building PowerShell yourself. It's all going to be here. It's all going to be on GitHub. And it's really easy to find github.com PowerShell slash PowerShell. Kind of funny how that works. Um, Jeffrey Snower also made an official. Now, if there's going to be an official PowerShell is open sourced announcement, I mean, it's going to be from the Snover. He is the one, the father of PowerShell. And today, again, he announced that it really is real. It's not April Fool's. PowerShell is opening up. And he has a nice post about not the details, but kind of the story, the journey to opening up PowerShell. This is the kind of behind baseball, behind baseball stuff that I really like. You get a little bit more information about, you know, the journey on how we got here. Not to be outdone, 
You can also see Jeffrey live on Channel 9. Yay, Channel 9. PowerShell Linux and Open Source. He did a 60-minute, uh, 51-minute video with uh, Matt McSpirit, and they talk all about, funny that, PowerShell and open source. Open Opening sourcing it. So, if you're into PowerShell, this is going to be your time. Go check it out. You got the source to PowerShell. And it's based off of .NET Core, as you can kind of guess. So, the news. Let's get to the news. Brian Harry's got a post about the update that went live yesterday, August 17th. You know, Brian's on been, been on vacation for a while. He's kind of been, you know, focusing on family stuff, which is funny that happens in the summer. But now that he's back, he's looking at all the updates that have been happening since he's been gone. And he talks about it here in this post. Some of the things is that the big thing that you will see, and I'll talk about more in a second, is the UI updates, huge UI updates, which you'll, as you see in his later posts, make a really big difference. Also, they're continuing on their cross-platform build and release steps uh, from Jenkins integration to uh, there's FTP uploads, SSH file uploads. There's uh, uh, Ubuntu and Red Hat VM provisioning. There's a lot. I'll give you those links here in a second too. <sighs> Brian's is more about the story, not necessarily about the details. Again, from his point of view, just like, oh my God, uh, some of the cool things that are happening on it. He talks, he calls out the work item templates as if you've been a long TFSer, you know, there's been a power tool to help you work on work item templates to make it easier and more consistent when you're creating these work items. Well, that's now part of the VSTS web UI. Yeah, that's cool. I know you, I know you're thinking that you're like, Oh my God, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> some sillier things like attachments. You can now drag and drop them. Yeah, I know. The new nav we were talking about. Brian's got an additional post on it where he shows you the difference. First, you have to opt into it because it's just a dramatic change. They're not rolling it out for everyone. You have to opt into it. And he gives instructions here on how you can do that. It's pretty simple. It's just a couple of clicks. And then you can see the change. And he's got before and after pictures on the site. It makes a lot of difference. Uh, you know, I, I talk a lot about how I'm in version one now. And it kind of sort of uh, reminds me of that, where they've gone to a higher level menu and sub menu kind of structure. It's nice. It really is a just maturity and... Uh, um polishing update. And the funny part about it is that uh, TFS RC1 was also made available last week and that had the no the new UI already in it. So the team actually released the new UI in an RC1 form which is go live available for on-prem before it made it to VSTS, before it made it to the cloud. So everybody who was feeling kind of left out Saying, you know, the cloud gets everything first. Well, this time we got us on-prem guys. Raise your hands. I'm raising my hand. Uh, got something first. And again, this is RC1 for TFS quote unquote 15. I'm going to go off the rails here a second. For the love of God, would you guys come up with 
release the official name. I know, Brian, I know the team. I know you guys really probably can't do this. It's a marketing thing on it. But can you beat the marketing team about the head until they cry? This whole quote unquote 15 thing for VS, for TFS, old, done. Let's, how can you even go RC with something that isn't, ha- doesn't have the final branding? That doesn't have the final name. Fix it. Fix it. All right. Enough. Enough. No more ranting <laughs> for now. <laughs> so, uh, so the new nav services, uh, uh, the new nav UI, check it out. I'll have his link in the notes. Other items that made it to the August 17, a lot was done on Git for the pull requests. They redesigned the UI. They've changed all the file handling. There's a number of updates. The, the comments uh, now with, you can have Emoji and, uh, Markdown in your uh, Git comments, the autocomplete pull requests, the waiting on policies. You can, um, you can get, you can clone the repositories from your browser using Tower. I had to pause there a second because I, 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 I don't know what Tower is. Does that make me less of a, uh, less of a geek? What is Tower? Somebody send me, somebody tweet me. Email me, tell me what tower is and why this line needs to be called out. Other news, um, they've made tweaks to the packages. You can actually download the packages without NuGet, which is nice. There's a getting started quickly series of steps. Again, I talked about continuous integration. There's, you can queue Jenkins jobs from building releases. There are service hooks for Jenkins. You can run SSH commands on remote machines from the building releases. You can create archives from builds and releases. Love that one. You can copy files over SSH from builds and releases. You can download Jenkins artifacts to builds and releases. Use FTTP or FTTPS to upload files from building releases. And another talk about, you know, this is a new world. There is Google Play extension improvements. So from VSTS, there is a Google Play extension that complain, that contains the deployment tasks for automating the release, promotion, and rollout of app updates to your Google Play store from your team service builds or release. There's a number of improvements to this. So if you're looking at that, Take a look at the, the link. We're going to do it. We already talked about the work item templates. There's a new assigned to me widget, changes to test, marketplace, administration. <laughs> it was a lot in this release. So what about on-prem? Well, that's where we're talking about TFS 15. And like I mentioned earlier, that the RC is available. You can get the web installer. Uh, you can check out the release notes. There, there is an ISO. It's uh, RC1. So again, it's... it's uh, go live. You can use it in production today and it'll be supported today. Some of the things that you'll see in the RC1 package management, improved package management, improved branches page. You get the Docker support. You get the release management it has a number of improvements on it. The follow work item, the UI changes are, are there. If you're interested in the latest TFS, check out this page. Now, remember last show, I talked about the prerequisites for uh, TFS. Brian had a specific called out post on those prerequisites for TFS 15. If you're thinking about going to TFS 15 RC1, then again, you need to go to his page and you need to go to the full requirements page, which I'll have in the link notes. I talk about this all the time, but he again calls out that specific thing that I had mentioned the SQL server change with TFS quote unquote 15 
SQL Server 2012 is no longer supported. So if you're using that, if you've been using 2012 since TFS 2012 to 2013 to 2015, 20, you know, TFS 2016 or whatever it's going to be called, uh, SQL Server 2012 is no longer supported. And he talks about little details as to why they do that and how they do that. It's hard changes. You know, you can't expect the, the platform to be supported for forever. And he talks about the commitment that they made, that the updates will never have these kind of dramatic requirement changes. Only major, major releases will. You know, one of these days, I'm going to learn how to pronounce names. Utkash Singali. I think that's pretty close. Did a nice post talking about TFS 15 RC1. He does a continuous delivery of NuGet packages to the package management in TFS 15 RC1. A great post walking you through how to set up your builds and, and the packages and everything else so you can do continuous integration and continuous deployment to your NuGet packages. This has me salivating. It's so easy I, literally, it will probably take you longer to read through the post than it will be to do it. Having this kind of capability baked into the box on-prem, available throughout the entire infrastructure from build to, to CI, could be a game changer. If you are sharing code and you're using like branches or you're actually sharing code via code, not sharing code via binaries – Take a look at this package management stuff. This will be a game changer for you. We talked a little bit about uh, the uploading files from team services, builds and releases with uh, FTP and FTPS. Jason Scholl has a detailed post on how to do it along with a video. There's another video here. These were like all done today, guys. It was like ALM day. All of these, they must have like pulled the published trigger all at once. Madhuri Gamala. Copy files over SSH during continuous integration and deployment. It's got a nice post and video on how you can do this as well. The team integration, team services integration with Jacob Jobs, pipelines and artifacts. Jason Schall has a post on that. All the details on how to do it, how to get started. It doesn't look that hard. And there's a video as well. And the tasks are open sourced. So you can go out and see how they really did it. Speaking of cross-platform, deploying an Azure Ubuntu Linux VM running Apache Tomcat for use with Visual Studio Team Services and Team Foundation Server. Paul Barham had talked about it today in a post, and he goes into details about how, how to get going quickly with this. If you're doing Tomcat with Ubuntu or Red Hat, you're going to have to watch, you're going to have to look at this post. Seriously, just, just, just go to the post. Don't listen to me. Just stop the pause, pause the recording and, and go check out the two posts that we'll have linked in the show notes. Jason, no, not Jason Bourne. I'm sorry, Joe. Joe Bourne has a nice post from a couple of weeks ago. It's the team services extensions monthly roundup. And he talks about <laughs> a number of different things that happened with a team services extensions. Why are these important? Because remember, this is how, VSTS and TFS are being extended now. There seems to be fewer things in the box and more things wrapped up into extensions. 
what are we talking about here? In just the last, in the nine months since we launched, since we launched, since Microsoft launched the extensibility platform and the marketplace for team services, they've got 200 publicly published extensions, over 110,000 acquisitions, and across 25,000 team services accounts who have those extensions installed. And this is just getting started. What are we talking about? Definition of done. They're talking about personas. We're talking about a product vision. Oh, that's kind of neat. Are you using an extension that you think should be featured in these? Then you can just reach out to him. It's a, at Joe B underscore N I N underscore N C. This is Twitter page, Twitter page. This is a Twitter handle account profile, Twitter thing, his tweet E source. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, are we having fun yet? You know what? I'm having fun. I hope you guys are having fun. I know you're not. I know you're shaking your head or you're bowing your head. You're thinking, oh my God, what has he been smoking? But I haven't. Just a lot of coffee. <sighs> Can't go a week without calling out uh, Risi Gian Maria, who's got a, a nice post. I ran into this the other day on uh, using environment variables in your TFS or VSTS build and how do you manage those and utilize them. It's got a nice post written up, easily to easy to understand, lots of pictures. Go check it out. If you want to avoid an unnecessary build definition, you know, why have 12 different build definitions when you can just like drive it off of an environment variable? Check out his post. So... I guess it's ALM Ranger time. And I, <laughs> you are all very happy that it's ALM Ranger time. That means we're coming towards the end of the show. Willie Peters got, I've got three ALM Ranger posts. So that means at least another 20 minutes here of, of hearing me blather on or three minutes, whichever one comes first. When you are building using hosted builds, one of the things you have to keep an eye on are your build minutes. Willie talks about a build uses extension created by Andre Dias, 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 that allows you to show how many build minutes are being used within an account. And you just drag the widget onto your page and it's available right there. You can also see it by the users. So you can talk to who might be using more of them to, uh, you know, find out what's going on if you're running a little bit over. Willie's also got a post about a, a question that we received. Why is extension, you know, VSTS extension X requesting permission to access resource Y? We're not going to read it all. He's got it here. It's a pretty short post, but he goes in and explain exactly why do you need to access the code? You know, what are the permissions required? What's happening with the data? And he gives the answer. And the answer is actually from Tavi Kusar. K-O-O-S-A-A-R. Short, sweet. If you've been seeing those things prompting you, it wants to uh, access a resource. And since we've been talking about extensions a lot, you got to check out this post. Finally, we've been talking about open source. We've been talking about an extension. We've been talking about ALM Rangers. I'm going to bring them all together. In a post released yesterday, Willie talked about how they are and why they are open source, open sourcing their extensions. Not a long post, but it's pretty much, you know, the ALM Ranger provide professional guidance, practical experience, and gap-filling solutions. 
So when they ship a solution, they need to switch to other gaps. They need to move on. By embracing open source, they're going to enable the community to review the solutions, help fix bugs, contribute to the features. Basically, the community itself can start taking ownership of these different widgets, not only learning how to create them, but be part of them. And we've always talked about the rangers. We've always said, how do you become a ranger? You contribute. You find something that you're passionate about and contribute to it. If you're passionate about code, maybe you're not a person who likes to blather on on a microphone or stand in front of people doing a speech, you like to write code and you like to live in code. This is one of the ways you can take part of that and you can contribute. The current open source solutions are the countdown widget, the extracting effective permissions from TFS, the file ownership extension, the folder management extension, the migrating assets for RM server to VSTS. We've talked about that before. The print cards extensions. We've talked about before the show area path dependencies extensions and more. That's just the initial list of extensions. If any of those sound interesting or any other part of the ALM Rangers sound interesting, contribute, take part. Or write your own extension and release it out on the uh, the marketplace. And that, my friends, that is a show. That was a pretty short show. We're under 22, 23 minutes. I hope that wasn't too bad. And again, let me know. If you hated it, if you loved it, if it was stupid. Uh, oh, yeah, don't tell me. I said don't tell me about those. If you loved it, make sure you let me know. Send, me, send us an email at our uh, radio TFS at outlook.com radio TFS at gmail.com via Twitter at radio TFS. We're on Facebook too, slash radio TFS and voicemail. Your voicemail safe for work. I'll play it on the air, on the air, on the recording when we're sitting here. So you can hear somebody else blather one, four, two, five, two, three, three, eight, three, seven, nine. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to radio TFS. 